We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Hey guys, this is Liz Cambay. This is Nikki Collins. What up, guys? This is Esther Sarkis. Hey, this is Imani Lee Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. WNBA Nation, how goes it? This is uh, a semi-final review edition of the show. Good to have you. I'm Steve Schwartzman. Um, again, um, solo pilot, no co-pilot today. Um, Logan is, I think, somewhere in Italy right now. I know he's recently in Rome, and then he was somewhere else. Maybe he's on some island with dolphins and lady singers. I don't know. Um, but he's with, with some relatives. With some relatives uh, kicking it out there. Um, I don't know where Kyle is these days, but I know he's doing good. According to his socials, things seem to be going well. And uh, Jason, I think right now, is, is probably um, still getting over Dallas. Dallas's exit from the semifinal, but... We'll make what do happen there. Is that even a phrase? We'll make what do happen there. That t-shirt—it's not a good t-shirt, but I'll say it. Why not? Uh, we are at the pivotal hinge point of the year. The 2023 WNBA Finals are officially set, and we're going to be talking about that a little bit today. But uh, hopefully, we'll have an upcoming episode where we get a chance to dive deeper into. Our participants, but very exciting matchup to come. I believe Sue Berg made comment of this online. It is one of those rare times where essentially everything through the playoffs went, you know, ranking wise went shock and as predicted as expected, but honestly, still very thrilled about it because this was the matchup. I think everyone was looking. This is the WrestleMania main event we were all looking forward to. So I hope. Uh, you're as excited as the rest of us are. If I don't sound excited, it's because I don't have anyone else to bounce this energy off of today. So I'm just making it. It's raining where I'm at. You know, I only had one Coke Zero today. Usually I have a few. So it's maybe it's one of them things. I don't know. Uh, but very thrilled. And we had a very, very, very fun semifinal onslaught. And we're going to dive a little bit in that today. Talk a bit about Dallas and Connecticut and... Some things to look forward to for them as we run into the off season very soon, and what should be a, a fun-filled free agent market, as well as the upcoming draft class. And there's going to be some some pretty pivotal change coming around the bend. 
I have to say. That said, before we dive into that, uh, it, it's it's plug season now, or not season. Let's head over to, what did I call it with Logan like a month ago? Plug Corner. This is Plug Corner. Let's head on over there. We are looking to plug things. Wonder where they are. Lose clues. Um, but uh, if you want to stay connected to the show, number one. With a diamond, head on over to WNBANation.com. That's where you can link to all of our social accounts, Facebook, Twitter, uh, TikTok, Instagram, all the greatness there. Uh, you can connect to our merch page. Stay in touch with us. If you listen to the show, uh, anywhere that has a review system, especially on Apple Pod, we'd love a five-star review, and we definitely would love to hear from you in the comments. Let us know what you love about the show. Let us know some expectations you have for the show, anything we can do to help make this uh, a better experience for you. We're always happy to hear that. If you do give us a five-star review, we will be more than happy to give you a shout-out and read that review on the program. So that's always fun. And that's it. WNBAnation.com. Head on over there. Stay connected to the show. We love having you. Uh, we always appreciate hearing from supporters of the program. Uh, you're the reason we do it, and you're the reason that um, if if you feel a get value out of the program, you're the reason any of that value even exists. You probably want don't want to hear me being pluggy. You want to hear me talk about some really good basketball that took place over the weekend, and and it sure as sugar did. Uh, as we noted, the finals are set. Aces Liberty coming up soon. I believe there's going to be your typical championship trophy, but also I believe the loser. I think there's an agreement has to give their version of the Statue of Liberty to the other city. So there will be twin statues. Um, I think that's the truth. I have to verify it. But that might be on paper for all we know. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but let's go first things first, kind of in order of how things closed out. Well, last Friday, the Las Vegas Aces defeat the Dallas Wings 64-61. And in so clinching the semifinal series 3-0, and continuing their undefeated run, and at least in the postseason. Uh, and moving on to the finals, uh, lobbying for an opportunity to be the first back-to-back champion in 22 seasons. We haven't seen it since the Sparks pulled it off. I guess 21 seasons. We haven't seen it since the Sparks pulled it off back in 0102. Uh, and... The Aces seem to be in a very good driver position to make that happen. That said, this was an extremely good cap-off to a series. While it was a sweep, I thought Dallas performed really well in a lot of different instances. And this was a game that very much was in the wings' control. For the most part, I would even say for three and a half quarters, they were very much in the driver's seat. They were playing very fluid basketball. They were getting stops on, on one end of the floor moving the ball really well, making things happen, and maintained a pretty solid advantage throughout the game. Now, there were courses of the game where things were pretty close. The third quarter did get a little swingy here and there. The Aces, um, I think they, I don't have an exact number how many times leads changed hands, but it happened quite a bit in the second half of the third. Um, but things were looking strong for Dallas, I believe. They had a five-point lead at the half, and with just under five minutes to play, held a six-point lead over the Aces, and things were looking solid and fluid. And that's considering that a lot of their stars weren't 
shooting extremely well. Um, Sobley only went two for 15 from the floor on, on the night. Wasn't really looking herself under the basket in those cases. Um, so it wasn't an extremely impressive offensive onslaught, but they were putting the stops on Vegas and very much in a good position. And in that last five minutes, things could not have hit a harder skid. The brakes couldn't have been slammed down more. It really slowed down for Dallas. If you're a Dallas fan, it was very frustrating. Um, but that's really where, you know, the aces and company put together, uh, enough of a performance, uh, to over end that. Um, but yeah, the, the wings, I believe went scoreless in the last five minutes or right around us. And it was kind of a frustrating switch on things. What was really working for them in the early quarters uh, was their ability to find open looks, to establish well. They did really well in transition, uh, playing unselfishly. Um, there was, you know, a handful, you know, they were distributing some offense, especially, you know, they went nine deep, which isn't always, um, and, and a fairly good nine deep. I mean, Brown and Dangerfield only played a couple of minutes. But Veronica Burton, for instance, put in a good, uh, I believe, 26 minutes on the night um, and had a really solid outing. Um, I think dropped in seven points and six assists. Looked really good from the floor. Um, I think some of the bigger shout-outs, I thought Natasha Howard had a good night. Tierra McCowan looked really good on the floor and was uh, really shouldering a lot of the development on the boards. Dropped 15 boards, 11 of those on the defensive end, and really helped put Dallas in a position to make points happen. In that last five minutes, it really seemed like things essentially switched up in a way. A lot more isolation than I think was necessary. Um, the offense seemed to switch to more of a backcourt focus. Agumba Wale, I think, went 0 for 5 during that stretch. And in a lot of cases where she kind of called her shot uh, offensively, as opposed to trying to pass and make things work, she uh, would elect her shots, um, would try to make things work under the basket, and really just expose things to what was a really stout front court for Vegas. And that's not to say that Agumba Wale is someone who's not able to create her own plays. I think that's true. But this all isn't necessarily to, to say that, uh, you know, Gubawale isn't fit to make those plays work offensively. I just feel like in that moment, you lean on what has been a bread and butter setup for you. And to me, that was trying to work the ball under the basket. That's where you're going to be able to get to the line easier. You know, you're going to um, draw more fouls. You're going to work the boards really well. And I think the Sobley Howard McCown connection could have really made things happen. And that's to say, I already pointed it out. Satsu Sobley had a very rough game, only played 27 minutes. got into, you know, some foul trouble earlier on and couldn't really find an offensive rhythm. But even then I still would have worked the offense through Sobley as best as I could. Uh, I believe Sobley got her fourth foul with under three minutes to play, was taken out for a little bit. I personally found that to be a little, a little advised. I think at that point you you kind of ride what you can until uh, you can't anymore. And I felt being able to work things through Sobley and let that front court work a little more maybe could have maintained things better for Dallas. 
That said, Vegas, you know, had a strong outing. They they stayed in striking distance throughout the game. There were points where they went very flat, and uh, it, yeah, like things went extremely flat for for them offensively. It didn't seem like they were going to get into a rhythm. And not only did they find that rhythm, you know, four of their starters scored in double figures for the night. Um, you got some production late out of Chelsea Gray, which looked really good. Adrian Wilson got 13 boards. I mean, they were playing very stout. Um, Jackie Young could be the MVP of the night. She had some really solid production, also got to the line late when needed. Um, and the Aces were able to put that together, and now they move on. And then the question becomes, you know, what's really the next echelon for Dallas as they look at things? Um this semifinal matchup obviously didn't go their way, and that's not just because they lost games, but I think uh, there were performances where they didn't really play up to the intensity that they like to play in and play their style of basketball. I think they were trying to catch up to what Vegas was doing more than trying to force Vegas to play their own game, uh, and that's going to happen. And this is still a very young team it with a new coach with all kinds of promise. And it really remains to be seen what can come out of that. But where Dallas comes from here is a really interesting case because the Wings have relied on the draft market so heavily in the last few years to try and compile the roster they have. They've consistently had multiple draft picks um, very early on in the first round. Uh, They were very bullish last season about having the first team to ever have the first and second pick in a draft. The draft's been obviously very good to Dallas in that format of being able to pull in. Obviously, Sobley was a big get there. You can go all the way back to to picking up Gumbawale when they did. Um, They've been able to put together very much a lot of the roster that you see now. And then some acquisitions have added to that. Adding Natasha Howard to the mix has made, was a very, very big deal. Um, but as things continue to move forward for Dallas, I think this is going to be one of those cases where the acquisition market is going to be a bread and butter piece for them. The question is, where do they dial that back? Because right now, you know, when you can get quality minutes out of Odyssey Sims, things have gone fairly well there. Burton has had quality minutes, but I think it would benefit Dallas greatly to be able to pull in a guard who can feed a Gubawale really well, who can just distribute the ball really well, whether that be a very true point guard or not. Who that is, I don't know. I don't have a firm balance on what guards are open, but one thing I think they should definitely be looking for is who's going to be that player who who puts them in a strong position to really milk that that offense together, and at the same time, be someone who can maintain a scoring ability. I think it would be good to find someone who is a competent shooter. It's really funny because in a lot of ways, to me, the answer is... Marina Mabry, but obviously that didn't work out for a lot of business reasons. Uh, but that's like the unfortunate truth of it is, man, if we could only find a way to pull her back, that'd be really nice. Um, you know, there's always going to be scuttlebutt about, you know, I think the name that's going to get called out a ton during the course of the offseason is going to be Skylar Diggins-Smith and what comes of her situation in Phoenix. Is there potential for a reunion in Dallas? I would think not. 
I just like tossing fun things around, but I would assume not. Nor do I, I think that her <clears throat> offensive uh, acumen is one that fits into what Dallas needs right now. Uh, you know, I think being trying to find someone who can be a solid playmaker that can help feed that front court really well and provide spacing for Agumbawale. Agumbawale is a phenomenal offensive player when her sole focus can be finding open spots and getting shots, you know, and getting good looks and putting the ball in the basket. And when you have to force Agumbawale to be someone who coordinates or makes those plays or works around that offense, it's a little bit tougher and it kind of throws the chemistry of that Dallas offense off of its game a bit. And, you know, it comes – time will tell who they can pull in to make that happen. But I'm intrigued with Dallas there. I think they're a piece or two away from being a very heavy contender. But I think that that's there in the working for them. Um, I liked – so much of what I saw from the wings this season, really so much. I think a lot of people can say, would say potentially that they overachieved. I think this was a team that found themselves with so much more talent ready to go than many fans of the league realized. And they very much earned the position they put themselves in. Uh, from here, it comes down to completing that starting five, adding to your depth. Where are things going to move from there? Um, and we'll have to see. But I liked so much of what I saw out of Dallas this year. I'm excited to see if they can build upon that because they're very fun basketball team. Um, <clears throat> they made this series against Vegas very fun, even though even though it was a sweep. I I, I think that that isn't indicative at all of the product they were able to put up against Vegas. And I think they have a chance to put in a more competitive showing. Um, it just comes down to, to fixing that a little bit. And and maybe that's me overthinking this last five minutes of game three, because it was very frustrating to watch. In some cases, they just really almost were out of their own heads during that stretch. And um, being able to have someone there that can rein everyone in, pull everyone in might be, a big deal there. And it's hard because with, with free agency, we don't have a lot of current speculation on who's to go where, right? So I don't want to bandy about too many names, but uh, Dallas is definitely going to be an intriguing team to look at when it comes to those acquisitions and how they're going to affect them. They're one of the main teams that I think I'll have my eye on for sure. And there it is. Um, good season for the Wings for sure. And obviously the Aces move on to the finals. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
you need indeed. So that's one side of the semifinals. Let's head to the other Sunday night. The New York Liberty uh, win an extremely exciting game four uh, to eliminate the Connecticut Sun and move on to their first finals appearance uh, in some time and another bid to potentially break the streak uh, <clears throat> over, you know, I believe what's what's it now, 20, sorry. Uh, the Liberty move on to the finals and are looking to pull in their first WNBA championship. Of course, the Liberty are one of the originals and might be the only original team technically without a championship. So, um, you know, let's try and prove that that Liberty documentary that recently came out was a year too early because this would have been a good cap to it. Maybe we'll get an addendum if they pull this one off. I don't know. But in game four, the New York Liberty defeat the Sun 87 to 84. Might have been the game of the postseason so far. Some might even tell you most definitely the game of the postseason so far. This fourth quarter was an absolute ball. If you weren't necessarily a diehard fan of either team, because I think if you're a Sun fan, maybe you don't think this was a very great game in some ways. Um, if you were just there to watch good basketball, that fourth quarter was something else. It was a lot of fun to watch. Um, a lot of back and forth, uh, a lot of great performances out of, out of a lot of players, some unexpected pieces, uh, depending on, I guess, your definition of unexpected, Ty Harris dropping two beautiful heaves, like Jerry Bruckheimer sports movie level dramatic, rattling the rim up, down, up, down, landing in the net. I mean, just some really cool shots to keep things very interesting for Connecticut, who, uh, for all intents and purposes, uh, could have been, this game could have been iced 90 seconds short of, of zeros. And, you know, those shots by, by Hayes, uh, a couple key missed free throws from New York and their ability to turn things right. And they were very close, uh, to this being even more interesting than it already was, but. Um, you know, Connecticut put in a great performance, but I mean, all across the board, there were so many strong things. This is also, I completely, uh, skipped over what might've been the most cinematic moment of the night, which was Alyssa Thomas, the classic injury out to the locker room, come back a few minutes later, triumphantly gets immediately back on the court, grabs two assists and a bucket helps get Connecticut into the lead. It was just yet another example of what like Alyssa Thomas might've hit while, the MVP race didn't go exactly how uh, some people may have predicted. Um, and I uh, had intentions of talking about that a little bit now, but it's been about a week. So it probably was an outdated discussion. But, you know, a lot of people were, were pushing for Alyssa Thomas in, that, in, the, in the MVP scenario, including first place voters. <clears throat> there were more first place votes for Thomas than, than Stewie. And even though... She may not have pulled in the hardware. I think this this adds to my take. MVP or not, Alyssa Thomas was the most exciting player to watch play basketball this season by far. And tonight really showed that with uh, pulling in her third triple-double, her third postseason triple-double of her career. That puts her one triple-double ahead of... Every other WNBA player in history 
combined. The rest of the WNBA has a total of two, and Alyssa Thomas uh, now has three. Uh, fun fact, another of those was Courtney Vandersloot, who was also on the court for this game. Uh, but yeah, great, you know, great performance out of Thomas and, and, you know, they had five players in double figures, two of those off the bench. Ty Harris and Dijon Carrington put in very quality minutes and looked really solid, um, from the get here. And overall they shot pretty well, 45% from the field, 44% from three. Um, you know, Connecticut was very well oiled here and, um, you know, it, it, this was one that could have gone very much either way in those final minutes, and that's what made this one really interesting. Dewana Bonner had a lot of big plays. Uh, Tiffany Hayes looked really, really good in stretches. You know, this is um, a team that I just, as confused as I was for what's next for Dallas, just wait until they have to have that discussion for Connecticut because it's going to get even stranger. But I think this, the player of the night, the story of the night, it's funny because if you go to ESPN, they always like to go to their hot rats with the headlines, right? So if you look up this game, you'll see Bree Stewart leads the Liberty to, uh, you know, a victory and a appearance in the finals. And while there is credence to say that, you know, going 27 and nine with two blocks, she had a very good performance. And she's Bree Stewart. She's the MVP. There's a lot of pieces as far as that's considered. But this was John Quill Jones' night, far and above. Uh, this was the story, you know, former team. Um, you know, the Liberty looking to get their ace in the hole, pun not intended. And Jones stepped up in an absolutely huge way. Shot 50% from the field, dropped two threes, 15 boards, nine on the defensive end. Played an insanely physical game, four blocks, and was a constant presence. It seemed like John Quell was a part of every pivotal play the Liberty needed in the second half. Whether she was moving the ball, whether she was grabbing balls off the glass, whether she was disrupting things under the basket uh, for Connecticut, putting in points herself. She just found her way around everything and was just a a complete force to be reckoned with. So, you know, this was definitely her night to, this was the John Quill Jones story. This really speaks to, uh, what an absolutely spellbinding product. These, the Liberty have put on the court this season because they have any of these starting five can put together a quality all world performance any night of the week. Um, they, they all really have that potential, you know, but Nigel Laney absolutely included going 27, seven, 21, seven and five. Um, and yeah, just across the board, this was a very solid performance from all ends. And as things rolled out, um, you, it was an interesting case because the, the fourth quarter <clears throat> was, like I said, very back and forth. And, you know, I talked about the Ty Harris you know, points. There was just a, a lot of that movement going on, but ultimately this one lands in the hands of the Liberty and the head to the finals. As far as the Sun are considered, it's going to be an interesting case for them because they first and foremost, this was a team that people were not, I don't think we're expecting to find themselves in the third spot. And not because of the players on the court, but because they had undergone so much change 
from one side to the other. Junkle Jones skipping out was one thing. Um, there were a lot of new faces to the roster. Kurt Miller going to Los Angeles. Uh, <clears throat> Stephanie White stepping up and, and putting in the performance that she did as head coach, a coach of the year honor. Um, and in every way you can conceive of it, uh, the sun stepped up to that occasion and they were competitive throughout and they were very, very, very close to making this a five game series in the semifinals and spoiling the all anticipated finals matchup and finding themselves in yet another finals, um, appearance. You know, this is their fifth straight semifinal appearance. And we'd really thought that maybe the sun, as we knew them that time, and that ship was potentially sailing. Uh, but they continued to step up to the occasion. And so in my head, I I had this narrative in my mind that the Sun maybe saw them and their roster as maybe this is their last stand with this group as they know it. And uh, if this one doesn't work out, then that's where you start to see kind of similar to what you just saw in Chicago. The you know, You're going to see a lot of familiar faces moving on, and this will be very much a new-look team. I look at how... They performed in this semifinal, and dang if I don't feel like they're going to try and give this another try because they found a lot of mixtures and formulas that really worked out for them. I'm interested to see, uh, you know, two things immediately come to mind when I think about this Sun roster. One is what upgrades can they make in their backcourt um in terms of, and that's hard to say because Tisha Heidemann is a fantastic point guard. And so it's, it's hard to say that they even need something so stout on that end, but, but are they leaning and uh, expecting that they'll, you know, you look at kind of the mixture of Rebecca Allen to DJ Carrington to Ty Harris. Do they have an answer on, is one of these players going to kind of be, uh, you know, who's going to be your two guard that takes on that role and pushes through? Or do they have another ace in their sleeve? Are the Sun the type of team that rolls the dice on a Skylar Diggins Smith acquisition and says, let's go get ourselves a an all-league scorer and see if that helps us out? Um, or do we lean heavily more on, on one of these heads? And it's hard to tell. Rebecca Allen put in decent performances during this postseason, but does that quite work? Does Rebecca Allen remain with the team? Because I believe she's up for a contract renewal, and we'll see how that plays out. Um, but the other thing that really stood heavily on my mind is, on top of this team's performance potentially inspiring the idea of we really want to run this one back, is what might have been the biggest answer to especially this Game 4 performance into Liberty, but this series as a whole was Brianna Jones. If you've got Bree Jones in this mixture, this could be a very, very different performance. Hell, when Bree Jones was a part of this roster, Connecticut looked like the second best team in the league. They looked like they were eking ahead of Liberty at a certain point of the season. And it's really there to tell me if we can get this roster healthy, we can add to the depth, and we can make this mixture work, uh, how much more can we potentially accomplish? It's it's very much a similar situation that we saw in Washington seasons back where they, after winning the title in 2019, they couldn't quite find 
they couldn't quite keep that roster together. Injuries really bit them in a lot of ways. We never really got to see the dynamic of how that team works within Alicia Clark. We didn't get to see a long-term healthy Alina Deladon on the court. There were a lot of situations that were frustrating in that sense. And Connecticut kind of saw that losing Brianna Jones because I think she could have been the impetus that maybe tilts the scales for them. So I would see through to that. I wouldn't be shocked if not a heavy amount of change is made on that roster. Maybe they dip into a fairly deep draft and see if they can put in some more young blood to add to that equation. I'm really not sure. Who knows what they can give up to find their way to steal. I'm running the top of my head, a Cameron Brink or uh, Haley Van Lith. I don't know. Uh, It would take a lot to move that far up the draft for some of those picks, but I don't know. Uh, We're looking at a potentially deep draft. So um, both Connecticut, I'm really intrigued if they have it in their mind to try and run this one back one last go because there was a lot to turn around here. And I think there's a lot of unfinished business that they're going to want to pull together. For one, I think Alyssa Thomas, to a lot of people and to a lot of voters, put in the requisite performance for an MVP nod uh, do we make that unquestionable next season for her? And then on top of that, can we get everyone healthy and well-oiled enough and p- eke ourselves into this equation of these su- against these super teams and actually pull something together and, and make that pivotal title run that they've been thirsting at for half a decade now? So we'll see how that works for them. Uh, but obviously Connecticut was hugely impressive this year. Watching Alicia... Um, Sorry, watching Alyssa Thomas play basketball this year was it was a privilege. Like it was so much fun. It was my X's and O's hungry like smart basketball father would have salivated over these performances all season. Just being able to watch someone who was putting in pivotal performances, was pulling in triple doubles, and high-quality, high-impact triple doubles. I, I don't think there was a single performance that Alyssa, Alyssa Thomas put in. Why do I keep saying Alicia? Uh, that's wrong on me, because her name's Alyssa. But I think, I think I know more Alicias than I know Alyssa's, and that's just what my tongue wants to do. That's on me. But at no point was Thomas padding stats and trying to drum up a triple double. Everything she put on the court was high impact. She was absolutely the pulse of what helped make this team successful. Um, so this was a, you know, a, a great, great, great fun season to watch for Connecticut um, across the board. And I'm very, very excited to see where they take it from here. Cause I just don't think we're done hearing their name get called. I think they're really done with the narrative that people quote unquote, forget about Connecticut in the mix. I think they're ready to finally make, you know, to, to be someone that people can't ignore. Uh, and I'm here for it. So we'll see how that goes. As uh, mentioned before, though, that, that really sets the tone for the finals. We'll have, you know, we've got the, the juggernaut matchup. You know, this is what we've been looking forward to almost all season. Since we watched these trans- transactions come in and we saw what the Liberty were going to put on the court, that became the question. How are these teams going to fare? They matched up evenly throughout the season. Um, 
They absolutely, you know, they have positional matchups across the board. How is that going to play out? Um, stay tuned for later on this week. I think we'll be putting out a more stout review for this finals matchup. Uh, but please, uh, you know, so please stay connected with us. Uh, but I hope you're excited because this is a big one. I mean, this is a, this is the big money matchup. This is going to be good stuff. This is the finals. It's what it's all about. Uh, it's the biggest week plus of the year for basketball fans. I cannot wait for it. Uh, and I hope, uh, I hope you've got a good amount of, I don't know what you snack on. I was going to say popcorn, but like maybe you're a goldfish person. Like I love goldfish crackers. So if you're a goldfish person, maybe you're like a pretzel person, sticks or the, or the tangles. I don't know what you're into. Uh, but you know, get excited. It's finals time. Cannot wait. Uh, and that's really everything for now until we get a chance to give you our finals preview and get set to potentially and, and officially crown a WNBA champion for the year. Thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Schwartzman, and we got you next time. Yo, I'll see the